a simple summer. Now that summer is done, summer's done, school is done, all the kids are home, and we're getting ready to start vacations and a fun, full summer. What does the summer look like to you? What's a simple summer? Kids hanging out? Kids playing, having fun together. July 4th, mmm, food. The beach, I love Sullivan's Island. And just relaxing in a hammock. That's a good summer to me. That's fun. So, to keep things simple, this summer to kind of clear our minds and refocus and look forward to just a great relaxing, but not shallow, biblical, simple summer. Sometimes we need to just refocus on the essence of our faith, whose we are in Christ. So, I want to zero us in this morning by asking two questions. The first question I'm going to ask is, what happened to you? The second question I'm going to ask is, why did it happen? So, the first question, what happened to you? You ever play, you remember when? And, like, there's certain events in your life that, and really everybody's life, that uh, you can say, oh, I know exactly where I was when that happened. I remember exactly what I was doing when I heard the news that such and such happened. And there are several events in my life. uh, Now, I'm going to date myself with some of these things, but uh, uh, there's some of these things that I remember very, very well. I remember... I was a senior in high school in 1981 when Ronald Reagan was shot. I remember they, they brought, uh, they wheeled, first of all, the lights. Uh, I was in advanced math, actually, I remember. And uh, it was in the afternoon, and they brought in a TV. They blinked the lights off, on and off, in the whole school. And so all of us were like, what's, what's going on? And the principal brought in a TV to our classroom. And we watched the news for like 20 minutes of when Reagan was shot. And uh, I remember exactly where I was when that happened. I remember later on when I was in college in 1986 when the space shuttle Challenger blew up when it was taking off. I remember exactly where I was. I I worked in the library part-time. And I remember someone came to me and said, Hey, did you hear what happened? The Challenger just blew up. And I was like, what? And I remember I ran to the snack bar because there was a TV in the snack bar. And I I watched it. And we were all gathered around watching it. I remember in seminary in 1995 uh, when I heard the O.J. Simpson trial verdict. And all of us had our probably various opinions on that. And certainly I won't touch that. But... Um, I remember exactly where I was when I 
heard that. I was in the library um, at uh, Southwestern Seminary, and someone said, yeah, they just did the verdict. Um, I remember in September 2001, probably all of us almost in this room remember that, 9-11. I remember I was working on my father-in-law's house, and I was scraping the uh, uh, soffits and getting ready to paint it. We had just come back from China uh, as missionaries with the IMB. And uh, we actually had to fly out that very next Saturday. That happened on a Tuesday, and we were leaving on a plane to go up near Washington, D.C. on Saturday. And talk about crazy security five days after 9-11. But I remember exactly where I was, who told us, and we went in, I went inside the living room of the house there in Mount Pleasant in Harborgate Shores, and uh, we sat down and watched TV all day long. Just about that. It was just crazy. I remember in May of 1980, backing up a little bit, when I was a junior, the end of my junior year in high school, I was on the front porch of this church, Olive Grove Baptist Church in Creedmoor, North Carolina, outside of Raleigh, surrounded by tobacco fields. And I went to... We had just moved from Massachusetts to North Carolina. My dad was an engineer with Millican Textiles. And so this put me in a new high school situation in the middle of my 11th grade year. And a friend of mine in band asked me if I would go to church with him. And it wasn't so much that he was such a strong, dedicated Christian himself. It's just that this was the South, and Mom and Daddy made him go. And so I said... Okay, and so I went to church with him, and that night I came back, and uh, they invited me back to the church, and um, after church that evening, it was just three people on the front porch of this church, and I remember, it's very special to me, I remember taking Silas and Jared there, I don't think Ella was in the picture yet, but I took Silas and Jared there, and I brought them up on this porch, and I said, this is where Daddy heard the gospel. Because it was so important to me. And I went there as a teenager. And, and uh, so it was just me and Lewis, uh, my friend who brought me, and Doug, the pastor, who actually is now a PCA pastor in North Carolina. And uh, he looked at me and he said, well, Mike, have you ever accepted Christ as your Savior and Lord? And uh, I didn't know what to say. I didn't say anything. I didn't speak Christianese. My family hadn't raised me in the church, and we might have went on a, a, a Easter or a, a Christmas, but, but that's about it. And I didn't say anything, and Lewis, my friend, tried to laugh it off, and he said, well, we're still working on him. And I thank God for Doug, who looked straight at me. He just kind of ignored Lewis, and he says, has anybody ever showed you how? Great question. For us as mature Christians now. Has anybody ever showed you how? I said, no. He said, I can show you in the scriptures. It'll take five minutes. And you can decide for yourselves. I said, okay. Because my heart was already opening to the gospel that I had heard that morning and that night. And God had prepared my heart. And he there was a puzzle piece open in my mind that 
that I wanted to, to I, I knew something was missing. So I went back down the aisle of the church and we went to his office and he showed me the kind of the, the Roman road, the, the, just the simple gospel message. And he said at the end, would you like to pray and receive Christ now? And I said, no, because I didn't know how to pray. I was afraid. I was nervous. He said, okay, well, take this little booklet home with you, and if you make any decisions, call me. I said, okay, okay. So we went straight home, and I already knew that my life was going to change. I remember I reached in the truck that I I came with my friend Lewis, and I pulled out my cigarettes, and I threw them out the window. Never picked them up again. And I was smoking pot, and I never smoked pot again. And uh, I was drinking heavily, never drank heavily again. And I went back that night, and I walked past my mom, my dad, and my stepmother, and back to my room, and I opened it up, opened up the little booklet that he gave me, and I read the prayer in the back. And I had received Christ as my Savior. Now, there was no lightning bolts, no thunderclaps, and... and uh, the room did not glow this beautiful, bright uh, experience in the angels singing and things like that, at least not there, maybe in heaven. But I knew that something had changed in my heart. And I called Doug and I said, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. And it was about three or four weeks later that my father who is German. He grew up speaking German and still speaks German today. He's a very stoic man, a stoic engineer, uh, typical German stoicism. And he looked at me one day. I w- we're passing in the hallway in our house, and he looked at me, and he said, look it. That was his word, look it. Look it. I don't know about this religion thing, and I don't know what's happened to you, But thank you. You have been respectful. You've been kind. You have done what we asked you to do. Your grades are improving. You've just changed. And you're just easier to live with. Thank you. And this was a great confirmation from an unbeliever like my father. There are lots of things that have happened that we can say. I remember when. I remember when. And I want to ask you, do you remember where you were when you became a believer? Because in this room, something has happened, if you're a believer, something has happened to all of us. Something has happened. We weren't born believers. It happened to us. Something happened to us, which is why we are here worshiping our Lord, because He did something to us. He breathed new life into us, and He gave us a new heart, and He began to put things and teach us by His Holy Spirit. So something happened to us. Do you remember when that was? Do you remember where you were? You know, in some ways, 
I know that some, for some of us it's harder to articulate. You might say, well, I, I don't have a Saturday Stone Sunday Saved experience, Mike. Mine's different from yours, and I understand that. My wife is the same way. She was raised in church. She was in church before she was born. There's a few of those like that here today. And every time the doors were open, she was there. And so her, her story is different, but yet she can articulate it in such a way that she can share her faith. And raising support as we get ready to go to Greece, we've been having to do that a lot. And it's actually been a joy to share our testimony every time we ask for support. Every time. We want people to know what Christ did to, in our hearts, that he changed us. He changed our hearts. So, you may not be able, and some of you may, and many of you may, or maybe not, but really to, to articulate your, what happened to you, but really the Bible does it for you. The Bible articulates very well what happened to us. It says um, in verse 18, 2 Corinthians 5, it's like one of the key passages and I'm going to back up and read 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And that was one of my favorite verses when I became a Christian. It, it was just so clear. And then verse 18. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So that's what happened. First question, what happened to you? Let's make it simple biblically. Christ reconciled us. That's what happened to us. That's why we're here today, because Christ reconciled us. And we have a tremendous inheritance waiting for us. And it's so exciting to be a believer. And it's so funny because yesterday, I think it was yesterday, I was laying on the trampoline with Ella my 10-year-old little girl. And uh, um, so we were just, I was just trying to spend daddy time with her, and we were laying down, and my favorite thing to do is lay down on trampoline, look up in the blue sky, and look at the leaves and the branches on the trees lifting their limbs to God. And I've always, every time I see a tree, I just think, really, they're just, they're just praying. They're just praising God. Trees are to praise God. And the process of photosynthesis is just, beautiful and magical and colorful and I just love it and and so we were looking up and, and Ella just got out of school so she's out for the summer and the kids are so excited and she's like daddy do you get summer off from work she's like no sweetie I'm not a teacher like your mama I, I don't she's like what do you have to look forward to it's like I know she's like so we go to school, and when I graduate, I'm just going to work forever? It's like, yeah, it's not very exciting, Dad. I'm like, well, think of it. He's like, what do you have to look forward to? And I said, well, think of it this way. You get up every morning, and you say, I wonder what God is going to do today. And this gives us the real hope 
the relationship of walking with Christ. This gives us the real hope. So, we're all here this morning because something happened to us. God breathed new life into us. Second point, why did this happen? Why did this happen? So, biblically, again, this is an easy answer. Verse 18, again, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself. And I love this next part because then he gives us something to do. So not only did he reconcile us, but he gave us something to do. And that something is right there in Scripture. We don't have to guess. It's right here in Scripture. And it says, gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And then I love it when the Bible just expounds on itself because verse 19 and 20 do this so well. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us, to you and to me here today, to Two Rivers Church, to, uh, to the team down in Reynosa right now, God has entrusted to them the ministry of reconciliation, and that's a part of what they are doing there on our behalf. They are in the process of the ministry of reconciliation there. Entrusted to us the message of reconciliation, verse 20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So this is our message. Be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. It was kind of like Doug was saying to me on the front porch of that church, be reconciled to God, Mike. Be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. So, so God has chosen us to make his appeal. So I'm just trying to zero us in as we begin this summer, make it a simple biblical summer, refocus the message and what has happened to us and why it has happened to us. What has happened, we, God breathed new life into us. He reconciled us. He changed us. He brought us from the morgue to standing on the mountaintop praising God. He breathed new life into us. And then he gave us something to do. He gave all of us a hammer. Now, some, sometimes it gets frustrating when we have a hammer, we have tools, and we've got nothing to build, or we feel that way. And there's a lot of frustrated Christians today because they're walking around with these great tools and they're not building anything. And so I just encourage you in your prayer life, when you wake up in the morning and say, God, help me to open my eyes to your world. I remember I love this book, God Calling. I know a lot of you know this book, got written by two listeners, edited by A.J. Russell. And when I was in college, I read this book every single day. It's a little devotional day paragraph kind of thing. And one of the, one of the uh, sections there said, concentrate not on the things that are seen, but on the things that are real. And that just really stuck with me. And it made me realize that beneath this, there really is a spiritual world. There really is things that are veiled from our eyes, and, but, but we just really live in a spiritual world. And there are things happening spiritually Every day around us. God brings people into your life. God brings people into your life. Now, you might say, well, Mike, I'm not sure I'm equipped. I'm not quite sure I know how to do this. I want to tell you, I want to encourage you, God has gifted you. God has equipped you. 
He has not left you alone, and he has placed you in this body for a reason. 1 Corinthians 12, 18. God set the members in the body, every one of them, just as it has pleased him. Romans 12, 4 and 5. As we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ. Ephesians 2, 8. God has prepared for us good works to do. He has made you a quiet person, some of you, because this person over here that he is working on has a puzzle piece out of his brain or her brain. And you are just the person to speak to that person. I couldn't do it because I'm too loud and boisterous and too ENFP-ish. But my wife could do it. She's an introvert and quiet, calm soul. But then there's someone over here that needs that, that louder person to speak into their lives. And that's how God has gifted some of you. Some of you are very logical thinkers and some, some of you are very, very... Um, uh, just perfect. God has made you just perfect to speak to this person to help put that puzzle. And, and see, not everybody has this puzzle piece yet. You see, that's God's work. That's God's work. When He prepares people to cross your path. And they have this, and He's prepared them to meet you. Are we prepared to meet them? Because God has asked us to join in the ministry of reconciliation. So, I want to make this just a simple, blessed summer biblically. Realize you have been reconciled to God. That's what happened to you. And that's why we're here. And secondly, we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. And that's why it happened. There's lots of reasons why it happened. God wanted our fellowship. He doesn't need it, but he wanted it, and he loves us, and and it's a joy. There's lots of reasons, but this is the main reason for the ministry of reconciliation. He's going to let us participate and join, join him in that. So, enjoy this summer with God. Find that hammock and lay in it. Remember what happened to you, how God changed your heart. Pray that you will be open to people who come your way, who have that puzzle piece just waiting for just you. I can't do it, but you can. God is picking, choosing you for certain people, just you. And that's the joy of it. He is our shepherd. And at this time, we have a very special song that the ministry team is going to do, and I'm going to invite them to begin to make their way up here to uh, lead us in this song. And there's going to be some passages that come across the screen, passages of Scripture. This is a time of reflection and meditation on just how great God is in being our shepherd and how much he loves us and guides us and when those people are coming that he wants to 
let us participate in their reconciliation like Doug participated in my reconciliation on the front steps of Olive Grove Church. And he's going to take his shepherd's crook and kind of pull you this way. Nope, nope, not that way. Come on, over here, over here. You can do it. Come on, come on, over here. I can't do it. Yes, you can. Look how much I've equipped it. Ooh, I have this tool here. And you begin to share. So let's have a time of worship and meditation.
Let's pray. Father in heaven, what a joy it is to be reconciled by you. To be led by such a wonderful shepherd. To be given the ministry of reconciliation. Thank you for leading us to people and equipping us to serve you by ministering to them. Thank you for Two Rivers Church. And thank you for the church giving us an outlet for ministry. We are grateful for you. Help us serve you even through this church. In Jesus' name, amen.